We have multiple levels of things that, that people tend to think about as, or we, we just call it collaboration. But what we actually have is we have communication, coordination, maybe cooperation. And these are the things that, that you usually do in outside tools like Slack and so on. Uh, they are good for these purposes. But to, cooperation is still just going back and forth and switching who is working on the item. Collaboration is when you actually work together on it. So that's where we want to get. You're listening to the Vaadin Insider Podcast, a show aiming to uncover the processes, mental models, and tools that go into building mission-critical enterprise business applications. We interview business and technical stakeholders involved in the enterprise application development lifecycle and share the lessons learned from building business applications that run the global economy. In this episode, Jonas Lettinen, Mark England, and I discuss how real-time collaboration features in business web applications is not a good to have, but a must for the enterprise workforce today. We dive deeper into the cost savings opportunities that real-time collaboration features can help deliver for relevant problem areas across different lines of businesses, how the real-time collaboration trend will impact SaaS product development, the questions that product owners should be asking to gather user stories where real-time collaboration features can solve the business problems efficiently and effectively, and more. For those of you who are new to the show, Jonas leads the team at Vaadin as uh, the CEO, Mark leads design strategy at Vaadin, and I'm your host, Ankurman. I hope you'll enjoy this episode. All right, so Gartner predicts uh, the works, there's a new quadrant called the Workstream Collaboration. You know, it's supposed to grow up to $5 billion by 2021. By 2022, they're saying 70% of the workforce will primarily rely on Workstream Collaboration tools to get their work done. And now, while we have been kind of forced by COVID-19, so the modern workforce, is well versed in low latency communication channels like from going from emails to slack which is now instant communication where do we go from here when it comes to getting our work done smarter faster and better i guess the first thing is uh, you mentioned covid 19 it's not about going to future yet it's i i believe it's uh basically bringing many of the industries that have been laggards in this that don't work like a modern company does modern uh, startup that embraces all the digital collaboration technologies out there most of the companies don't so i mean i think this crisis has forced even the laggards to kind of uh, get up to today so it's an interesting thing is what happens next yeah and for quite some time we have been moving towards more flexibility in in where you work and when you work so that's also driving that kind of thing so i Right now, what I'm kind of uh, working at uh, in, a, in a modern environment, things that inspired me last week was having a really great workshopping session where we were using Figma for putting post-it notes around the wall. Uh, wall. And I, I think where it, it really kind of was inspiring to see that you can arrange a f- half a day workshop with people scattered around the world in a more productive way than having these in the same room. I mean... Uh, we were kind of afraid of uh, 
losing this eye to eye connection, losing this feeling of being in the same room, putting the post-it walls to the to wall for brainstorming. But it actually worked out pretty well because when you do this with a, a tool like Figma, you can actually see what people are writing. It's because I'm having a horrible handwriting, so nobody knew what I was writing my my notes before. But at the same time, you can be close to those notes, arrange these at the same time, while as in a normal setting, you kind of don't want to be uh, all gathered in the same corner of the room at the same time. Mm. That's interesting. Mark, have you noticed any difference, like any interesting scenarios where you used to previously, you know, get in the same room with stakeholders, but now things are, you know, going normal? Actually not because I'm a, a remote worker all the time. So, okay. <laughs> but so Mark, you have been kind of working from home for 10 years or something like that. Yeah. More eight, than that. I think it's eight. Uh, eight. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, about like, I guess the classic example is that of a document being sent back and forth between people. And as it, as you do that, it's gaining more and more uh, numbers after the file name. It's yeah. getting some qualifiers like final and really final and, and so <laughs> on. And yeah. Google Docs really revolutionized this. Uh, so yeah. now you're able to send a link and yeah. you're working on the same copy, not sending the copy back and forth. Yeah. And and like together in real time. Yeah. And that's that's real collaboration. But yeah. I think that the current collaboration tools like yeah. Slack and what have we, they are not really solving that. They are making it much faster to send that file back and forth, but mm -hmm. actually saving or, or like solving for the problem of having multiple versions. That's yeah. still outside of these collaboration tools mm -hmm. in Google Docs. So that's kind of what I see as the next step is that other applications need to gain this as well, that you can collaborate yeah. in context. Yeah. No, to definitely. put it in other words, I, I believe that the fun fundamental of real-time collaboration is having multiple people working on a shared uh, work item with close to zero latency. So this mm -hmm. shared work item is really the key. So using yeah. this Google Docs example, having for the first time this shared work item where everybody really sees the same document at the same time and can trust that their edits are visible to every other person collaborating with that, that really was the game changing. And it was so game changing that actually disrupted the industry that was basically set. Microsoft owned yeah. that space 100%. So exactly. kind of a, this new app coming in there and really quickly disrupting this kind of solid industry. It, it was, I think, a kind of turn, turn mo turning moment in, in a, uh, mm -hmm. how real-time collaboration is, is, will be disrupting everything as we go forward. And I mean, in fact, even Figma disrupted, you know, with the collaborative sharing of the projects uh, with design when it comes to design tools, right? The first in the market. It's exactly the same. It was the same playbook, yeah. basically. Yeah. kind of a no-name tool coming in with the angle of you can just click a web link and then you are in fully productive application seeing yeah. each other's edits at the real time so that yeah. that's super powerful and and what's i mean really interesting for business leaders is a drove of designers ditched sketch and moved to figma you know envision and again nothing against with any of these tools because i don't have personal experience but it's just the impact of uh, collaborative features, which which is kind of transitioning to ed, let's look at the enterprise level. So now CIOs are you know motivated, forced, whatever you call it, 
to implement a collaborative you know, remote work strategy. But let's look at from a cost-saving opportunities, how, how does implementing, you know, preparing a workforce to work remotely and real-time collaboration helps in terms of that cost savings? Yeah, I think I think for collaboration, the kind of the main thing you want to do is, as always, to get things done more quickly, mm-hmm. and that means also again finding uh, the relevant information more quickly when you're mm-hmm. working on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but especially, you should realize that your web application is inherently a multiplayer application, and we're not really kind of harnessing that. Mm-hmm. right now very well so you can use that to to kind of you know that you have multi- multiple people working on things so you you should take action to avoid errors and conflicts mm-hmm. and when you allow people to actually work together on those items you will get a better end result as well it's yeah. more more eyes on on the problem and so on but it's so, also as you say kind of multiplayer collaboration you could kind of look it from the direction of iteration. So if you are building something and you are able to iterate hundred times, you probably get smoother results compared to iterating just three times. So if you remove the latency from that collaboration, then that enables the team to iterate very many times. We, I mean, compared to the, let's say, uh, I, I think the most horrible example ever in now, nowadays world, I'm kind of putting the CEO hat on where I'm suffering most is dealing with legal departments, sending <laughs> back and forth those Word documents and seeing, seeing the kind of changes in there. So just kind of uh, putting everybody in the same space, having a shared document and editing that jointly, that would be awesome. But yeah, it hasn't happened yet. No, yeah. yeah and I, I think we have kind of, we have multiple levels of things that, that people tend to think about as or we, we just call it collaboration. But what we actually have is we have communication, coordination, maybe cooperation. And these are the things that, that you usually do in outside tools like Slack and so on. Uh, they are good for these purposes, but to cooperation is still just going back and forth and switching who is working on the item. Collaboration is when you actually work together on it. So that's where we wanna get. And I mean, these all are kind of going around the same theme. So for any business, what, how you get things done, mostly is a team effort. So you have a team of people who are getting paid to get things done. These might be on your own company, might be in your partner, they might be your customer, but it's a team of people who are working together. And if you are able to make that collaboration more smooth, you can mm-hmm. just imagine the productivity gains from that. Yeah. Kind of just came up with the thought that if you think of not collaborating, right, let's say writing a story by yourself, or maybe coding, uh, coding a program by yourself, no collaboration at all. What really kind of keeps you productive is that when you are in flow. So you're kind of, uh, yeah. uh, your thoughts flow smoothly. And whatever, whenever it happens that you start compiling something and you wait for a minute, or a yeah. 15 seconds, so you have to wait for something for a, even for a few seconds, it really disrupts your flow. So I, I believe that the same thing happens in collaboration. So if you have to wait for your collaboration partner for, for a day or an hour or for yeah. or a minute, you kind yeah. of go and fetch a cup of coffee and you, disru- you get disrupted from this thought flow. 
So yeah. if you, everybody would always be without those disruption, without latency, they yeah. would be extremely more productive. They would get more iterations done and the outcomes would be of better quality. That actually comes back to my point about having all this in context as well. So every time you have to pop over to another tool, especially yeah. if it's a tool where there's a lot of discussion going on, mm-hmm. you risk getting dragged down that that hole. Yeah. You, you all know that hole. <laughs> oh, here's a funny story. Oh, and it's called Slack nowadays, Mark. <laughs> you open it up and you see some interesting thread going yeah, well, on. They, and, they, they have, there's several of those. Actually, ClickUp that we use as well, they have an interesting approach where they try to avoid this, try to be in context by pulling in all the other applications into the actual like collaboration tool. And that's that's trying to address this and is an interesting, uh, interesting way to solve it. Of course, you still can't avoid people popping in directly to the document and then they don't have access to all that additional like meta information about the work. Yeah. So I think that's where we need to get. You need to to uh, have all all the things you need, all the co- collaboration things in context with the kind of item you're working on. It's yeah. I I think it's a kind of a uh, that's the kind of a underlying root cause for more and more tools that the more sophisticated collaboration tools they increasingly build everything in context and and the only hindrance why the tool wouldn't be doing that is because it's complicated and expensive to do it but if you could do it you kind of would pull the video conferencing into the tool you would pull uh chatting into the tool you would pull commenting into the tool you would pull all these things in the same place so they can work in context around the this working item that you have on the table between your your team and kind of kill all the distractions of them going to rapid holes around Slack or wherever. Yeah, it's also in a different way, like a business business kind of issue. So think about if you, would you rather have that information, those discussions and everything around your application in, in your own application, if you're a vendor, or in somebody else's application? Mm-hmm. If you, if yeah, which you one is the better lock-in for your application? So it's a... Y- Yes, well, kind of, yes. And you can also use that to kind of maybe in the future provide some, do some analysis on what is going on and have an AI provide some information in -hmm. context or something like this. If you actually, if all the discussion is happening, let's say in Slack, then that's difficult to do. Yeah, this is this, 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 you guys did answer my question on, you know, cost savings opportunity in terms of saving, you know, latency cost. And, you know, there's a lot of switching costs. And I have a story, I just want to share developer at a, you know, manufacturing company tells me, man, he gets CC'd to all this 23 email thread, and they don't know what they should do, who is responsible for replying to what and there's a lot of, you know, I mean, time and money wasted there. And the legal case, Jonas, like you said, I think, what happens is the cost of delay because the business unit wants the solution by the vendor by, you know, the end of this month, but then procurement and legal drags it for the next two months because we need to get to the Google uh, Word doc version, which says this is definitely, definitely the right reason, right terms that you need to sign and the cost of delay, I think. Yeah, yeah. And everybody waits. I mean, it's uh, yeah. it, the vendor is waiting to get started and the actual business problem doesn't get solved 
And the legal spent way more time going back and forth, kind of always starting their kind of thought process from from the beginning. How what, how, what was the other term in here that's connected? So yeah. it's extremely wasteful not to put everybody in the same context at the same time and reduce the latency. Mm-hmm. So let, let's kind of uh, transition into, so everybody is familiar with SaaS today. And those who are not, they're still now realizing they have to go from product to SaaS. So how with, how, with this competitive shift in the world, what does real-time collaboration mean for SaaS products? So I, I have this theory. So maybe setting the background first. Somebody smart said software is eating the world. And that has happened. So now every product is turning into software product. Mm-hmm. I really believe that B2C to B is eating the world next. And with that, I mean, if you think of the adoption models like open source, where we have been for 20 years now, or kind of uh, how collaboration tooling is gets adopted by companies, let's say Figma or Slack or any of these modern tools, they don't go top down. They are found by the users on the very, very bottom of those organizations because somebody shared with them. And with share with them, I mean, somebody sent them a link so that they can collaborate a bit. And then they say, hey, this is cool. I want to use this in my work. So they just start using it without asking their companies at all. And that kind of turns to sales motion where big enterprises, they end up adopting those tools. I mean, IBM has embraced Slack. Everybody's using Slack over there. So it's uh, yeah. amazing to see how, how large it can go. And if you think that all the markets are going to be to see to b what the heck does it mean for those markets there are so many markets that are b2b and those are going to be disrupted by some clever app that has uh, engaged in ux mm-hmm. that can be shared that is engaging those people in a real-time collaboration i i, I believe there is a really lot of disruption disruption coming on to those markets or any market even if they look like super boring enterprise things right now, selling and trading oil or doing accounting or doing community budgets or whatnot, I believe all those will be disrupted by collaboration. Yeah, I, I have to take a step back and define two, two things here before I go on. But <laughs> I, th- I think of, of this as you have asynchronous collaboration and you have real-time collaboration. And the asynchronous part is kind of, I think we might get more into what that might be, like what components or things we can, we can look at soon, but basically kind of leaving comments behind and things that stick with the work item after you leave, after you're worked with it. So comments and so on is a good example. Then you have real-time collaboration where you're actually, you can work together and you see what the other person is doing and so on. Almost any asynchronous collaboration is better if it's as real-time as as possible, but they are still a little bit different. And I think that the asynchronous collaboration cases, they are very soon going to be table stakes. We are seeing some of those patterns cropping up in applications already in business applications and they are like more common in in the applications you use for fun mm-hmm. but that's going to be like the base that you need to make your application collaborative and and kind of stay competitive at all mm-hmm. so i i already said that yeah the 
web applications are inherently multiplayer. So mm. you kind of need to harness that potential. With those asynchronous cases, you mean like uh, sending notifications for people so you can pull them back in, adding comments, leaving comments or working items. What else? Yeah, exactly. Yes, and and maybe you're working on some some form. I don't know, like a customer case, and you can actually see who has who has done what to it previously. Maybe like you an need audit to... log or yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe maybe you can uh, talk to that person, or you can actually just write there, figure out what happened uh, because they have added a, a comment. But yeah, the other other side of this is the real-time collaboration. And I think that's that's really like when you are co-editing something, that's really a super power on top of, of that asynchronous collaboration. Mm -hmm. So uh, the async case is more universal, but the real-time is more specific, but has like the potential to actually enable new use cases. And actually, as as we noted with like Figma and, and Google Docs and so on, can really be a disruptive force. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's uh, if you, I, I just kind of uh, like the world, tab world table stakes. So what happened previously was that from the early days of Web 1.0, we started seeing Ajax being used. So basically, I guess it was Microsoft with Outlook who first started using this asynchronous communications in there and they enabled the applications to work continuously in a way that you don't have to reference a web page. And for a bit, world went to a mode where Ajax was a competitive advantage. You had this mm. single page application and we even have a conference like Ajax World where all the vendors around the world went there and raved about this thing. Nobody is speaking about Ajax today. It's just, it's the baseline, it's, it's the expectations. I believe that the next thing that goes the same way is progressive web applications. So it's, I mean, it's a somewhat exciting today to see that you can really make a better user experience with progressive web application compared to native application. I mean, the adoption is easier and the rest is the same, mm -hmm. but that will go the same way really soon as, as well. It's the table stakes and everybody just have to be having these basic features in their applications. But in, in there, I think real-time collaboration is more fundamental. It's not just the technology underneath the application, but it's really changing how people use it. So the end users, they understand it. They, if, if you go and ask a, a secretary in a company how Ajax changed their, their world, they don't really understand what you're speaking of or what proxy web apps did for their, their workflow. They don't understand what you're speaking of. But if you show them, hey, real-time collaboration, you can edit the same document at the same time, they do understand. It's so fundamental that the end users will understand this as well. So I think this is now, in a way, larger shift than anything that has came before the web apps. I think from a consumer standpoint, what I see it as, you know, as more and more there's a user experience of the front runners of SaaS products with collaborative experience ends up changing the behavior of users where the demand real-time collaboration and anything with outside of that is just bad user experience and user adoption will be a challenge and yeah it'll be interesting to see how legal teams ad adopt to this and th this is goes back to the b2c to b it's not the guy on the top anymore who makes the call yeah. it is everybody in the organization who need to work and use this i don't know accounting software eight hours a day 
yeah. they really start requiring and they have more power to decide that we'll start using this. Mm-hmm. I guess the power in some cases comes from they just go and, and adopt it because the application is free and, and easy yeah. to, to adopt without asking any permissions. But in the end of the day, they they will have this power of switching away from these old clunky applications because they can be so much more productive with with the real-time collaboration and, and good user experiences. Mm-hmm. Cool. That kind of goes back to what we have been talking about for the longest time to give a consumer grade user experience on a business budget. Mm-hmm. It's kind of we get used to these great experiences that are are instant when we work when we use applications for fun at home. But then we sit like eight hours at work and it's not quite the same. <laughs> And we hate our job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe you're just going to put a bit of color into that. What do you mean with that? Is uh, if you think of a consumer-oriented company like, let's say, Facebook. So, how many views do, does Facebook have? And then you kind of take their engineering budget and divide that by number of views. They are spending a ton of money for really perfect in the user experience for every part of the application. And then you take a typical ERP software even if that's like a productized software and do the same exercise. It might be having hundreds of views and then you have a fairly limited budget you can spend on those. Obviously, you are having a hard time getting the same user experience as this consumer-grade UX. And it goes even worse if it's a one-off solution, like custom solution in-house. You might have still hundreds of views and you have this scrappy three-person team who is supposed to to build all of that and have the Facebook quality outcomes from that, it's hard. So Mm -hmm. I I think that's where um, framework vendors like us, we have to step in and help the little guy, help these teams to be able to build out of a larger building blocks so that they can achieve the the same uh, high quality results. So the same consumer grade user experience by having ready-made blocks to build this out of. So um, this makes me kind of, I learned from you, Jonas, you know, Vardin has had at the rate push connect and maybe we can touch on it a little bit. So what is, what has Vardin been doing so far over the past, you know, 20 years to integrate these collaborative features on the framework, the platform, and then where are we headed to, since we are saying this is one of the top three mega trends of the web for business web apps. Maybe the kind of background, uh... So there is a, this kind of fundamental property to Vardin. We are uh, vertically uh, integrated, so meaning that we, in the same web framework, we make the whole experience seamless from the back end to the front end. So this is nothing to do with the collaboration uh, by itself, but it really makes it drastically more easy to build it. So when you have the shared, uh, shared server side and you have the master data in there, and the framework can really take care of all these layers in, in the between, it's, it's drastically more easy to build collaboration use cases. So building on that, we fairly early on added uh, support for push channels. So basically abstracting away from all the different ways of doing push in, in web. I mean, all the web sockets and kind of long-standing HTTP connections or whatnot. So we kind of uh, abstracted away from that. You just add an uh, add push annotation to your, applic- to your application. And after that, any changes coming from the server, they are immediately on the on the user screen. 
So mm. I, I, that was the kind of foundation of building collaborative applications with Fadin. But that said, you still had to kind of uh, build a lot of, uh, of the plumbing yourself on how do you synchronize between the users and so forth. So now, now let's talk about the Vaadin collaborative com components. Uh, I've shared that with the business users. They're really excited about being able to integrate that. Why don't we talk about that and, and potentially, you know, even do a screen share to show what's coming next. Could you yeah, I can share the screen maybe? Yeah, I can at least. Um... While you're doing that, maybe kind of a bit of background. So we, as we have a strong belief on, on real-time collaboration, we're working on two different things. So one is a set of components that really makes it easy to build those collaborative experiences in any application, just reusable components that you can put anywhere with a couple of lines of code. And the second thing is what we call collaborative engine or mm -hmm. collaboration engine. And, and that we, that's a way for making it super simple to synchronize data between the users. But maybe you should start from the components. So this is one of the initial kind of wireframe drawings that we had, just showing some concepts about uh, what this might mean in practice. Mm -hmm. So if we start at the top, one of the things you want to have is you can see like the system status. You can to avoid conflicts and so on. And one of those things is to see the participants here. They are called participants. So depending on the case, that might be the people that are editing this particular thing. So in Google Docs, we can see that. Or maybe people that have edited this. Yeah. But uh, the context can be anything. So it's uh, either this work item or whatever the developer defines as the collaboration kind of stream. Back to what you said, you know, business is a team effort and, you know, all the stakeholders involved in that workflow, you know, can collaborate together, participants. Exactly. So, so this one is kind of about predictability and you can see who is actually editing things and, and kind of figure out what's going on. We have, this is, is kind of the chat thing. And if you think about it, a chat and comments are kind of the same thing. Uh, whereas mm -hmm. one is more direct and transient between the people that are using this right now. And one is more, more persistent. And again, in, in the same context of this particular, I guess, form in, in this case. Mm -hmm. Yes. In this, we have kind of indicating just these kind of types of, of user UI elements that you might want to add. So we have a, a real time activity indicator mm. so you can see that somebody's typing uh, that might work in the forum as well so mm -hmm. if you're actually editing something together you can see who is doing what where it's basically the same thing when you can see the cursor in a google document as well so you can apply that kind of thing to different parts of your ui we talked about external tools, even if we want to keep as much as possible within the context, it's, it's useful always to connect external tools. You might want to trigger, trigger workflows and so on. Yeah. Uh, sharing, I don't know if we need to say much about that. Of course, you will have some sort of way to, to share things. You probably have things built in, in your application or already. And then there are, I don't know, you 
more modern patterns also to to do that where you can give permissions and edit rights and so on on the fly mm -hmm. we discussed already that comments and maybe combine that with we have here kind of an activity log something that you often want is an activity log or audit log or history of so some sort and one of the more sim simple but powerful patterns we have found is to actually combine so you have you can see what what events has have happened what has happened to this item but then you can also add a comment mm -hmm. so if jonas goes in and changes the address of the customer he can maybe add a note that yes i did this on purpose i talked to them and the new office is is mm -hmm. renovated now Understand. And, uh, i guess the powerful thing is that uh, you can totally automate the activity log for any changes you do for those fields. So you don't have to program anything. It just gets tracked on what are, what are, what are, what are the things that are changed. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, all of this looks very interesting. What's the collaboration engine? That That's kind of a interesting. So as these are now just UI components and in order to build this, all the plumbing behind the scenes for storing the chat log or sending those messages over to a cluster to write server where the other person is and sharing it over there or especially when you have this shared work item let's say this form over there how do you really share this data between the users when they're they might not be working through the same server you need to lock in things so that you don't uh, concurrently edit the same thing and mm -hmm. in a kind of a it, it's kind of a, you, you land with this shared database problematics, all the sharding and merging and all those kind of hard concepts you have to solve. So Collaboration Engine tries to solve all of that for the developer in an easy way. So instead of you dealing directly with a bunch of end users, kind of trying to merge and move the data between them, you create what we call a, a stream. And mm -hmm. stream is this shared context that you put multiple people in. And uh, from the developer's point of view, that's the master data while they are really editing in that stream. And this stream takes care of all the data synchronization between, between the different uh, parties in, in there. Interesting. So, so developers are building something, a lot is happening under the hood. So they don't have to be dependent on what the end user does at the, you know, at the front end, at the end customer level, but building the systems in place. So as to have like the stream that you mentioned will allow to navigate those collaboration happening at the same time. Yeah. And kind of, uh, maybe I could even show an example. It's, uh, yeah, why not? just to demonstrate this, it's. Um, so the, the case that Mark shared, having one form edited by multiple people at the same time, you can just imagine how much code you would have to have behind the scenes to be able to synchronize all the data in the different screens at the same time, showing those indicators where people, different people are editing. So with collaboration engine, this basically gets reduced to one line, this highlighted line over there. Uh, set collaboration topic. So you take Vardin's existing binder, set the collaboration topic in there. And with that, you basically pull everybody who is uh, in that same topic together and let them be visible in the same form.
So it's kind of mm. super powerful, just one liner you edit, uh, you, you enable a real-time collaboration on a form. And the same goes for any different collaboration topics. You could just add, a, let's say, add comment button or add commenting button to any context with the one line of code. Mm -hmm. So this begets the question, what is stopping product teams from implementing, you know, collaborative features on their SaaS products? I think there's like two parts and Jonas just showed one. So it's, it's kind of a chicken and the egg problem because currently not a lot of business applications have these features. So people are not familiar with the patterns. So developers are not familiar. Designers are not familiar. So it's hard to see kind of how would it work? What are the benefits? And then it's even, it's much, much harder to think about solving this technically because there's a lot of going on behind the scenes and that mm -hmm. makes it really hard to estimate. And at the end of the day, we quite often see that there are some ideas going in this direction, uh, mm -hmm. even designed, but then you kind of get unsure and drop it from the, from the backlog. But it's also an investment question, bang for the buck. Even if the product owner were, would have this strong desire of building a real-time collaboration case for, for their applications, I would have a really clear case in mind and would be understanding that it might move the needle on their sales, on their market. It's vastly different world if the development team says that, yeah, it takes us three days to add this, or the development team says that we don't know, but at least a year. So th these two different answers, they vastly change the business perspective for this, whether it is viable to take the risk. And uh, if you're not 100% certain how that uh, changes your revenues going forward, you might be taking the three-day risk, but might be having a hard time getting somebody approved the investment for at least a year development mm -hmm. case. Interesting. Yeah, and if, if it's the first time that you're doing these things, like real-time collaboration things, it's it's actually quite, quite hard, quite mm -hmm. a lot to take in at first. So you have to get to know, like figure out, do we, for this particular case, do we need to use operational transform? Or is this a case where we can get away with conflict-free replicated data types and so on? And uh, those are things you need to learn and kind of figure out for your application if, if nobody has done it for you. Yeah. And I don't think that this is a good way for spending a development team time, if, especially if you are an enterprise application uh, and, and your team should be building um, really end-user value every day. So yeah. if they kind of go to the rabbit hole of starting to build a distributed database by, the, by themselves and thinking of real-time locking, you can start asking questions. If this is even the right team to build this thing or are they spending the company budgets in a wise way? So yeah. it would be really good if they instead could use some ready-made collaboration framework and just uh, focus on the end user visible use cases. Mm -hmm. No, and that you made the, you know, exact point, you know, what's the point in doing the undifferentiated heavy lifting when developers could be spending solving the business domain problems rather than figuring out how to show five people's headshot on the, on the form. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a really interesting problematics to solve for, uh, for developers. So if that's something that you are curious about, 
go and find uh, what the Figma team is writing about, how they solve those problems. They mm. really built a world-class quality collaborative editing experience in their application. They've been sharing quite a bit of on what were the problems that they were solving in there and how did they solve those. Yep. So that, kind of that is an eye-opening perspective. That's how I knew the complicated terminology I used <laughs> just <now. laughs> So, so I mean, there, there is a hope for the violin community and everybody listening. So we have our roadmap, we have collaboration components, engine coming out. So what does it look like? Who can use those? So the goal for us is that we make it so simple that anybody building a business application can use, use those. So Mark, you mentioned two different problematics. One being what, what to use those for. And the second one is how to solve this technical problem. We try to solve the technical problem for you, but it's up to you to figure out how to use those and how this really changes your application use cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's a technical problem and a design problem. And as usual, we will get patterns for, for the design things, but you still need to apply them correct in the right place, if you will. Yeah. and combine them in a in a way that makes sense but then we still have the technical problem mm -hmm. interesting so where do we as product owners if we were to put on the head of product owners we have building a SaaS product that you know is bringing top line revenue or solves an operational you know problem what sort of questions should they be asking to to come up with user stories which where having these collaborative real-time collaborative features in the application can help get the business problem you know you can solve it faster you know more efficiently and effectively maybe the first one is that in your space do you have multiple people uh, working on a shared uh, working item so that's if if that's a close to your space where multiple people are working on the same working item that's a good news and bad news for you so the good news is that Aha, uh -huh, you might be able to kind of leverage real-time collaboration. So that's that's great. And the bad news is that somebody in your space will uh, leverage real-time collaboration, whether you want it or not. Mm -hmm. And if it's somebody else than you, they are going to be disrupting that market. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, yeah. just ask, asking or thinking about, like applications are quite often made for the optimal case. Mm -hmm. And so... Think about what happens if the person that usually does this is away. Mm -hmm. Or you quite often also have things that is kind of a workflow that's transferred between different persons. Mm -hmm. That's a sign that there's probably things you can do. When you start asking around, you actually find that there's a lot of out-of-band communication going on, and that's a clear sign. So if you have to you know, shout in the office, I'm taking case three, two, one now, don't touch it. That's, that's a definite <laughs> sign. And okay. So that, that, that sort of thing we have seen, actually, uh, you can quite easily come up with those. When you start looking at an application, you see that, wait a minute, what happens at this point mm -hmm. if things don't go exactly as planned? And yeah. uh, you can go always back to this fun foundation, how you human brain works. If you are able to keep that brain in flow, it's so much more productive. So sure. in your, your, your case, if you already concluded that you have multiple different people collaborating together, you just go and take a video recording or each of these people, how do they collaborate? 
and then think, ah, oh, there is this downtime or latency in their in their workflow somewhere. And then you figure out how do we remove all those latencies? How could we kind of stitch together only the productive parts for each brain? And by putting those brains, those people in the same collaborative workspace and just shift your application in a way that you are, shift your application around in a way that they are able to stay in flow for the whole phase of the collaboration. And I think that would amazingly reduce the latencies from the business. It would so much allow more iteration over the work item and it, it would totally disrupt your, your your market if somebody over there does that. This is wonderful. Where can uh, you know our community learn more about the collaborative components, our roadmap? You go to wadcom slash roadmap. So there is a kind of quick overview of, of that. We haven't shared that much about collaboration engine as well as the components yet, but we're going to be sharing more soon. Yeah. Well, hopefully this, this conversation was a teaser for people to be excited about that. <laughs> then they look yeah. at the, uh... and, and there is also kind of a, to remember, you don't have to wait. One already has the foundation built in. So mm -hmm. if you have some use case in mind, just give us a ring. We'd really like to learn from that use case so that we can maybe focus our efforts to that more. But also we can help you hands on building that use case today ahead of the rest of the industry. That actually tied to that, I had a question. So let's say someone has a couple of use cases where not the entire collaborative components that we are building, but a couple of them. Can we extract that and build that for them? Yeah, for sure. The UX, okay. And I mean, this is something that we already now in discussions with some of the customers. They are piloting some of these functionalities. So we mm -hmm. truly would welcome more people in. Wonderful. And that's a wrap up for this episode. If you're interested to be a guest in the show or you have topics you would like to learn more about related to enterprise application development, find us at wadin.com slash podcast. Mm -hmm.